Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here. With me in the hot seat is Daniel C. And here's a bit about Daniel. Daniel is the co-founder of Space Makers, a productivity consulting group for busy leaders. His book, Space Maker, How to Unplug, Unwind, and Think Clearly in the Digital Age, won the Australian Business Book Award in 2021 for personal development. As a trainer, coach, and keynote speaker, Daniel has worked with CEOs, executives, and other senior professionals throughout Australia and beyond, ranging from global corporations and businesses to universities and nonprofits. He is the creator of best-selling productivity courses such as Email Ninja, Priority Samurai, and Making Space with more than 20,000 students online and offline. Daniel lives in Tasmania, Australia with his wife, Kylie, and three children, Naomi, Caleb, and Jethro. He also keeps 14 purebred chickens who eat a lot of grain and lay too few eggs. To learn more about Daniel and his work at Spacemakers, please visit www.spacemakers.com.au. So without further ado, please welcome Daniel C. to GEMS Podcast, where we're going to learn more about space makers and how to really be productive in this digital age without hitting a wall of burnt out. Great. Nice to have, uh, it's great to speak to you. I'm really excited about having this conversation, Genesis. Thank you so much, Daniel. And before we jump into our segment, I definitely want to connect with you on a personal level, but also allow the audience to do the same. So there's two options. We could break the ice up front or play rapid fire with Genesis, which is a 10 question game. Why don't we go for rapid fire? (laughs) Amazing. So question number one, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, Daniel, what would it be? Mm, Probably my wedding day. That was pretty amazing. Ah, Two, what advice would you give to an up and coming entrepreneur? Uh, Get moving and keep trying new things. Three, if you could have dinner or lunch with any person, dead or living, who would it be? Uh, Jesus. It would be pretty amazing to be there and watch some miracles, I think. Amazing. Okay, four. I'm going to build off of that question. What would you ask Jesus? Mm, What would I ask him? Oh, so many things. Uh, I don't know. Tell me that. Tell me how to live well. <laughs> Five. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Flying, but not like, yeah, I just want to float. Just, I don't know, somehow be able to move around. That would be really fun. 
and be warm when you fly. So when you're up in the air, <laughs> you don't feel cold. Even better, comfort, <laughs> flying with comfort. Love it. Six, dream car. Mm, anything that's cheap and drives well. I, uh, <laughs> I tell my kids it's better to look rich. It's better to be rich than to look rich, which is my excuse for driving a really cheap car. <laughs> mm, practical and sustainable. That's right. Seven, Apple or Android? Apple. Eight, coffee, tea, or neither? Hmm. Oh, coffee over tea, yes. Or neither. <laughs> Nine, if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. Probably say the next 30 years will work out really well. So don't worry about the steps that you take. Awesome. And 10, the pass or play question. If you pass, our roles are reverse and you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask you one last question. Do you want to pass or play? I will pass because why don't I get to interview you? That sounds good. (laughs) Amazing. What's your question? Uh, Well, if you could have one hour of guilt-free unproductive time right now make some space to do something for yourself you know you can't tick off tasks or check your email or instagram Uh, what would you do i would definitely prefer to have my dad here and just go out to eat with my dad because he passed in november of 2020 and he was hands down, very um, significant person in my life. And some would say my best friend, I would say my two peas in a pod. And I just missed having my shopping buddy because whenever my husband didn't want to go to the mall or different places, I would just call my dad and he would be my wingman. (laughs) Wow. Look, I reckon if you have a dad who's a shopping buddy, he must be pretty amazing because my kids wouldn't say that about me. (laughs) So he sounds pretty wonderful. He was, oh my gosh, like his um, next week, Monday would, would have marked his 65th birthday. So. Mm, Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. There is a beautiful, there's a beautiful study I read. I know this is a tangent, but uh, where researchers asked people if they had 30 minutes left, what would they spend their time with? Would they meet someone famous? Would they spend time with someone new that they really got along with or family and friends? And what was fascinating is young people wanted to meet famous people and people near the end of their life wanted to meet and spend time with family and friends. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that when you have less time left, you realize who's important to you. So I found that study quite fascinating. That is very fascinating. And I feel like, you know, the study could go one or two ways because if you spend those 30 minutes with a celebrity, but they don't really give you the time of the day or really pay that much attention, then you just wasted 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, they repeated the study and they found that if they said to young people, you only have 30 minutes left before you move to a different area in the country to live, who would you spend time with? And they said family and friends. And then when they asked older people in their 60s, if you could guarantee you had 20 or 30 years life left, what would you do? And they wanted to spend time with celebrities. So it just shows that the time we have left and the perception of time changes our priorities. But, you know, that's a totally different tangent. You know, it's always interesting. 
But it's also a good segue into productivity because a big part of productivity is time. The time that we're spending on activities and are those activities adding value or are they distracting us? And I know productivity is an area that you really focus on, Daniel. So I'm glad that we had that sidebar conversation because spending time with family and friends or people who may may or may not add value can definitely take away your productivity. So when you think about space makers and the book that you wrote and productivity and technology as a whole, let's talk about some challenges that people face with productivity because we all know that technology can easily rob us and we can spend endless time. Like I'll say one example, TikTok. I've seen millennials, people in my age group spend easily three hours on TikTok, just watching videos. And I'm like, that's not a good use of time. So I refuse to get on TikTok. Oh, good. I was going to dance with you, but you know, we won't be able to because neither of us know the videos because I spend no time on TikTok whatsoever. Yeah. So let's talk about um, your book, Space Makers. And then I want you to talk about uh, when you wrote your book, what are some of the challenges that you put down in your book based on what you've seen with helping people with their productivity and technology? Yeah. So look, uh, I've been in the productivity field for a long time. I've been coaching leaders and executives, senior managers for over a decade. And I've noticed over time that the challenges have changed. We've always been busy and people have always struggled with juggling work and life and children and flights and email and <laughs> messages. So that hasn't changed, but the nature of uh, that busyness is shifting. And I think you've alluded to it with TikTok that for some reason, we are really, really lacking space in our life. All the downtime we used to have to think or rest or connect with people that really matter in our lives, to reflect or to simply um, pursue activities like arts or music or crafts that actually bring life, they're being drawn out of our lives and we're gravitating to, you know, TikTok. If we have three hours of TikTok in our life, that's three hours of life that is not being used for other things. And the research is really clear that uh, the more we gravitate towards always being online, the less happy, the less healthy and productive we are. So uh, through looking at the research in multitasking and sleep debt and a whole of other areas of productivity, I discovered that uh, you need two skills to really live well and be productive nowadays. And the first set won't surprise you, we need technology and to use technology really well to be productive. I mean, I love tech. You and I are on the other side of the world, quite literally, in real time, recording an interview. That is only possible because of the, the miracle of online technology. Uh, however, at the same time, uh, there comes a point, you imagine a graph, technology against productivity, and it's, it's actually an upside down curve. So it's not linear. So it's not like if you use technology, you'll always be more productive. Yeah, an upside down you. That, that some technology will get you productive, then you plateau and you reach the productive middle. But if you keep reaching for your phone first thing in the morning and last thing at, at night, if every time you have a, a gap, you use that space to, to grab your phone or, or even if your mind is constantly thinking about the digital age instead of the kids in front of you, well, then you end up in what I call digital overuse and you're, um, you're less happy, you're less healthy, you spend more time being busy and frantic, but you actually achieve less of the important things in life. And the only way to unwind that overuse 
is by becoming a space maker, which is the title of my book, to learn the practices, not just of making pace, which are the using technology to speed up, but we actually need rhythmical, specific productivity habits and practices to unplug from technology on a regular basis to return to that productive middle from digital overuse where post-COVID all of us are there and actually live a really healthy life. And these are new skills which we really need to focus on and develop in this post-COVID always online uh, semi-cyborg age. Mm, Yes, and that is so true. So the unplugging, then you unwind, and then you really focus on where to add value productivity-wise is what I heard. Because, for example, we always have our phones. So like I have my phone right here. But one thing that I normally do is whenever I'm going into a recording, I put my phone on do not disturb. And I have my phone set to do not disturb eight um, on a daily basis around, I think, 10.30 p.m. every day. So from that time on, even if you text, I'm not going to get it because my phone is on do not disturb because I need to start unwinding and start reflecting on the day that I had and start planning for the next day, whether I'm writing down my goals, whether I'm reading a Bible app or whatever the case may be. Because if I continue to allow my phone to drive me, then I'm not really tapping into mind, body, and soul or mind, body, and spirit. And I feel like sometimes our phone can be our biggest distraction, just like family members and friends too sometimes, because whenever we begin to travel at a different wavelength, and we see that we're moving in different directions, we want to let go, but then we're afraid of, okay, am I going to hurt that person's feelings? Are they going to see me differently or et cetera? So then we continue to do the same thing over and over, but we know it's not helping us with our personal or professional growth. It's actually stunting the productivity. So would you agree or disagree there, Daniel? Oh, I absolutely agree. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> I have I have annual habits, um, weekly habits and daily habits. And one of the daily habits is the daily pause where you have small moments or periods of time in the day where you have digital free life. And one of them is to start and end the day without a phone so that rather than end the day in bed with your you know partner, spouse, kind of having a relationship with TikTok, you're having a relationship with the person next to you and might do some pillow talk and have a conversation. Uh, and it's not just because of the blue light and the lack of sleep. Obviously, we are aware that you know, being on a screen and then going to sleep is bad for our melatonin levels, etc. But much bigger than that is just our mindset. We, we need to be able to pause and reflect on the data in our day, uh, connect with the people in our life who really matter to us. And, and those small spaces deeply change our relationship with others and with ourselves, and and if you have faith you know with god so um those spaces are important and to start the day you know why start the day by listening to what's happening on the ukraine or what's happening in politics and all the people that are fighting and all the polarization between the right and the left whatever you know it's a terrible way to start the day why not just start with your own thoughts instead of someone else's thoughts and to to be practice gratitude or pray or think about the day that's coming up uh, or just be a bit sleepy and enjoy waking up slowly. Uh, it's just that's just one of the many pauses you can make. But if you habituate that in your life, it adds up, and a bit more space transforms your life, and that that allows you to think clearly. And the thinking allows you to shape your actions in the day, 
those actions end up leading to a different place than if you'd been reactive and had focused on what you might do out of your fear and anxiety and busyness. And that's just one of the many pauses you can create uh, at one level, which is daily. So another thing um, that came into my mind as you were talking is using your calendar and blocking off self-awareness time, self-care time, maybe meditation time or exercise time and using that as your personal space maker to get you out of the rat race and the busyness. Because let's be honest, are we really busy because we're busy or are we just busy to say that we're busy where we're filling up our plate, but what we're doing is not really adding value. And I want to hear your approach from working with a lot of CEOs and executives to maybe just working with other people that are your ideal avatar. Do you Mm, see a difference there? Definitely. The best, I mean, the best leaders uh, structure their day quite specifically They're very intentional in blocking out time for thinking. The higher you go up in an organization, if you become a CEO or a senior executive, your role is to think, actually. It's to strategize, to to understand the context and landscape of the world around you and your teams uh, and, and your products and to actually make really wise decisions. That only comes by creating patterns where you're thinking regularly. Uh, and I agree with you. We're not just busy. We're busy filling our lives with, with things that are not necessarily healthy. So the average 21 year old American man has spent 10,000 hours online gaming. Now, 10,000 hours is the magic sweet spot for anything like learning a language fluently, being an amazing musician, mastering art, finishing two degrees, like a master's and an, I think an honors and a, an undergraduate. And that's just playing World of Warcraft or Minecraft. Do you know what I mean? So, so um, it, we have space. It's just that we're using it the wrong way and we're using it in ways that don't add to our humanity or add to our life. Uh, and so CEOs and senior leaders don't do that if they're, if they're good. I mean, they don't have time. Uh, the classic CEO of a global corporate will wake up early uh, they'll probably clear some emails if they have an international company because they have to be able to respond to people on the other side of the world before their close of business. Uh, they'll have breakfast. They'll usually do some type of exercise in the morning um, or have some type of reflective activity to pray, read the Bible or, or journal or something that actually gets them in a healthy mindset. Uh, they'll work their guts off in the morning, but they'll have particular uh, days where they don't have meetings, where they literally say, I will not have meetings because I need to do concentrated focused work where my door is closed and I'm unplugged. Uh, They'll often do things like have 50 minute meetings rather than one hour meetings. So that 10 minutes of space at the end of the meeting is to respond to urgent emails, to to write to do's on their to-do list. And they have very specific practices around that. And they typically go for a run in the middle of the day or have gaps where they can actually think uh, introverted thoughts and reflect on the day as they go. Uh, and, and they don't always work 70 hours a week. The healthiest leaders actually make sure that they have a healthy work-life balance, uh, that they take one week away a few times a year to really just read books and be quiet and to reflect on their day, to spend time with family and friends. It's so basically to be a good leader, you have to, you have to look after yourself and put first things first, have healthy practices in your life and, have, and be a space maker. And, and some of those practices are actually recorded in the book as well. Absolutely. And thank you for adding to that. So I was, it sounds like I was in alignment with what you just uh, 
mentioned, Daniel. And then for those busy people out there who are struggling to really unplug, what are some tips that you would give that individual that said, you know what, Daniel, my life is so busy. I have so much to do. I don't have a VA. And they make all these excuses. But if they would just kind of breathe, take a step back and really analyze and see the bigger picture, they would realize that there are things that they could cut out in order to make space in their day. Yeah. So I originally started with a 20 page ebook. It took me seven years of reading and researching and rewriting to publish the book. So it was a long journey uh, well before COVID and well before everyone realized that they were addicted to their devices. Uh, And uh, I I thought I could write a how-to book. So how do you unplug and unwind and think clearly? And obviously we've already talked about those practices But what I realized very quickly is that the reason we can't do these things isn't because they're hard to do. I mean, the hardest practice is to have a day a week where you have no phone. I mean, that's a tremendously hard practice. I call it the digital Sabbath. However, it's not a hard practice to understand in theory, turn off your phone for a day and don't work. But the idea of doing it is like, oh my God. (laughs) So so there's something going on in our heart and in our mind. Uh, There's a guy called Jamin Fraser that says that behavior is at the end of the assembly line of our beliefs and our stories. And what I realized is that there is a paradigm that we have about technology. There are beliefs, very deep-seated cultural beliefs and personal beliefs uh, about what technology is, how it changes us, and what it means to our hearts and our spirits. Unless uh, Unless we address the paradigm and stories that we have around technology... Uh, you won't very successfully be able to change your practices. So my book actually spends half of the book unraveling the paradigm from multiple perspectives, from how it changes your brain to how it changes your heart to the cultural stories that shape us. Some of the the deep thinking that we need to have to unplug on a regular basis. Uh, And then it moves through the practices or through the principles that you need to live well. And then finally the practices. So I know that's a different answer than you might've expected, but Basically, I would say you um, to, to really unplug and experience space to, to make the decision to let to be less busy, no matter whether you have an, a VA or you don't have a VA, no matter whether you're, you have kids or don't have kids. Ultimately, we do have the choice to, to capture small periods of space again, but it has to begin with a head change and a heart change, something a, a deep conviction of the benefit of making space and the reasons we would want to do it, not just to stop doing something that we love, but to pursue other things that are deeply valuable and broaden our humanity. Uh, And so I'd say start with the paradigm, start with examining your own heart and the liturgy of your life and why that digital liturgy has taken over things that uh, probably shouldn't have taken over. Hmm, Okay, I could resonate with that um, answer. So it sounds like heart-centered, And once you focus on the heart center and really be an intentional, then your heart can lead to your mind and you could focus on that paradigm, that paradigm shift and really why the why behind what you're doing. And if you understand the why behind what you're doing, then you're able to shift the trajectory and then align your mindset with your heart center in order to make the appropriate steps to really be intentional, but take the actions to be a space maker. Would you say I summarized that well, Daniel? Mm, you did, yeah. And I think a, a very simple summary that connects with what you've said is we all know we all know how to have a healthy lifestyle from a physical perspective. You 
eat healthier food and you exercise lots. I mean, there really is no magic formula. Okay. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do that, but ultimately uh, it's not hard to be fit. <laughs> it really is hard to be fit. Uh, and, and what needs to change is a heart and head moment. Similarly with cigarettes, it's, I mean, nicotine is addictive, but ultimately you just put the cigarettes down and stop smoking them. There's something going on in our beliefs and, and how smoking uh, or eating or sitting on the couch, how those things work for us and how they help us. Unless we can change our mindset, it's very hard to do the simple things. And it's the same with technology, overuse and busyness. It's just we haven't had the conversation in that way, and I think we need to. Mm, beautiful. And for the technology aspect, are there any um, challenges that you would like to leave the audience with hmm. uh, maybe not challenges just encouragement actually that uh, small changes small habits where you unplug uh, where you rest where you begin to think your own thoughts deeply and examine the inner life rather than just let the the outer life of technology shape your life those those small habits are really possible something I mean like Genesis mentioned as simple as starting or ending the day without a phone have a digital free meal, uh, exercise without music or a podcast in your ears. Uh, sorry, except, you know, when you're listening to this podcast, you know, just, just make some small pauses, walk around the block every lunchtime without your phone, leave it, leave it in the office or leave it at home. If you work from home and stretch your legs for 40 minutes and just examine the beauty of the world and think and breathe, whether you're outdoors or you know, in the city or whether in, in nature. So, so the, the point is start by doing one small habit, experience the beauty of a bit more space, allow that space to shape your reflective time. So you reflect on the meaning of your life, the reasons you fill it up with tech and how you might like to change that. And I think you're on the right track. So less of a barrier and more of an encouragement, just one small space making habit will change your life and then you build on it absolutely i would also add is whenever you are breathing really be intentional to the breath work that you are doing how are you breathing are they slow and steady are you really having those deep breaths and engaging with it and pay attention to as you are exhaling because that's also good and it begins to slow your body down but then whenever you are mindful of that of your breathing you're also going to be mindful of what's going on around you and I also um, would also suggest closing your eyes for anywhere from 5 10 or 30 minutes and just really get in a position where you are stilling your mind and your thoughts and some would say that this is a deep meditation, but it's also a way for you to really connect and be one with your body. And I would say do it in a dark space without any light in a room. And just once you come out of that, then journal how you felt afterwards. Hmm. Making space. Yes. So Daniel, let's jump into our call to action segment, because I have to be resp uh, respectful of your time. So what would be your call to action for this segment for the listeners and viewers? 
Mm. Well, look, I'd love you to buy a copy of my book because we've just scratched the surface of being a space maker. Here's the cover if you're watching. Uh, so look for the, the technology blue dots being moved away here. Uh, but yeah, Space Maker, How to Unplug, Unwind and Think Clearly in the Digital Age. You can get it on Amazon. You can listen to it as an audio book with my narrating. Uh, and uh, you can obviously get it on Kindle or Kobo. Uh, and I also have uh, a blog at spacemakers.com.au. I would love you to read the blog or get free resources like how to do a digital Sabbath. That's all available. Uh, and, and the last thing is I do train people in how to make space. So how to experience digital wellness in their teams. Uh, we train in North America. We train in Canada online, obviously. Uh, and uh, and and also how do you get your inbox to zero or organize yourself well at a high level from a productivity perspective. Our courses are all three hours or three and a half to four hours. So they're pretty short because we know how busy you are, but they can make a tremendous difference. I'd love to have a conversation about training your team online. That is amazing. And Daniel, for those who are on the social media space, how can they plug in with you based on where you primarily hang out? I primarily hang out with my kids and my chickens. So uh, I do have Facebook and I would love to hear from you, but I may not respond that quickly because I'm not very good at social media, but that's just one of the things I've made a decision to do, or maybe I'm just too old to be bothered. But either way, I would love to hear from you. LinkedIn actually is probably my most active platform if you wanted to contact or follow me through there. I put my blog posts on LinkedIn. Amazing. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. The special guest was Daniel C. of Space Makers. So make sure you go tap in with him, grab a copy of his book, um, connect with him on LinkedIn if you're interested in seeing more of his blog and, you know, go to his website as well. We are on 40 plus platforms. And for all things video, you can find us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the mission behind Gems podcast on a daily basis. And because of you, we are ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So thank you so much for your support. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and be a space maker. Control your day. Don't let your day control you. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our youtube channel gems with genesis amaris kemp we would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems g-e-m-s with w-i-t-h genesis g-e-n-e-s-i-s amaris a-m-a-r-i-s kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.